you should have the ability for your employees to promote themselves, write their own paychecks based on their competencies and their metrics, not just tenure and experience. An apprenticeship pathway really just lays out the steps for them to go from a brand new green painter or wherever they come into your organization at all the way to a crew leader and beyond what the pay raises are along there, the expectations of what they need to do at each of these levels, the competencies and the metrics at each level to go again from point A to point B. Welcome back to the fourth episode in our five-part series we're wrapping up the year with on professionalizing your business. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Martin, the founder of Elite Business Advisors, if you're new here. Uh, if you've missed the last few episodes, whether you're a regular listener, brand new here, if you've missed the last few weeks' episodes, we covered finances, marketing, and estimating slash sales professionalization. Go back, check it out sometime. These episodes are not building upon each other in this series. Um, each of them are kind of their own independent episode. Uh, The last two areas we have to cover is recruiting, which we're going to cover on today and operations. Uh, And so each week we're going a little bit more in depth on each topic, sharing, you know, about four things on each area you should be doing if you're looking to run a professionalized company, a B-type business owner, if you will, if you're familiar with Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant. And so one of the hottest topics in the industry the past few years and that we're still hearing about here is at the end of 2023. A happy week before Christmas, by the way, if you're listening to this, uh, the day or the week that this comes out. Um, but one of the hottest topics has been finding and keeping good people. And while I do believe people will be people, <laughs> I also really believe that most of the issues that come to employees and managing employees and hiring employees and keeping employees are truthfully the expectations and professionalism that you have in place for your business. Um, you know, I, I really do believe that when, when we go speak at Sherwin events, I probably get a little too spicy as my good friend, Nick Slavic would say, um, on this topic. And, and I understand that again, people are people and, and, you know, every industry is going to have their own quirks, right? But that most of the problems that we face when it comes to the people side of our business is a lack of intentionality and a lack of these expectations and systems I'm going to go through here today. Right. If you have the right professionalism structure and systems in place, it's going to weed out a lot of those people and it's going to help try to keep and set that right expectation for people. Uh, And so we're going to cover four things today. Uh, These are four systems that we speak on whenever we go do these events with Sherwin Williams. We've kind of narrowed it down to four things that if you can have these four things in place, I believe it's really going to help you find the right people and then most importantly, keep the right people. Uh, and find ways to put the right people in the right seats on the bus. Uh, So I hope it helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. So as we talk a lot about recruiting, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, I think a lot of it comes down to the right expectations, the right systems. What are the things we need to be doing as a company to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward and setting our employees up for success. Uh, you know, I think uh, unfortunately a lot of trades and I see trades in general, I see this a lot in the painting industry again, cause it is easy to teach people the skills of painting is our, our application, our interview, our process is like, Hey, I'm looking to hire somebody. Great. Somebody connects with me. Awesome. You sound great. Show up on the job site Monday morning at 8 AM. Here's the address. Right. And I think that the path in which people come into the company really sets the tone for the rest of the time there. Um, And I've said this before. I say this when I go speak at Sherwin events. um, But for me, if you don't take your own business seriously and you don't show some structure and some systems in place, you can't expect your employees to take it seriously. Right. 
And I know you've got the right intentions when you say, hey, show up on Monday, eight o'clock. Um, you know, we'll, we'll walk through the rest of this, right? You can fog a mirror, you can work for us, right? I understand that the intentions are right there, right? We're in the middle of a crazy season. I know we've got a client right now that's on like tight deadlines here before Christmas. Uh, he just had an opportunity to hire somebody. He's like, hey, can you start next week? Great. Um, we're going to kind of run on the fly with this, right? There's times that you can do that. That's okay. But for the most part, we need to avoid that, right? We need to have some good structure. We need to have some things in place. He actually sat down and did an in-person interview with him, right? And kind of went through some of the process at least. Maybe it wasn't to a T what we're going to talk about today, but it was at least a good process to set that right expectation. So the first of four things, I got four things I want to hit on with you guys today. Number one, you should have a structured application and interview process for all of your people, right? When you're putting job ads out there when you're putting things out into the world, whether it's on social media, church bulletins, you know, wherever you're putting your your information out that you're recruiting. We need to have a very good structured and systematized application interview process. Um, kind of break it down into four stages here. Uh, and I think it's good to have something put together um, to track all this, right? Whether it's something like Viva HR, that's uh, kind of a CRM for this and can disseminate out to a lot of job boards. Um, whether it is something like HireBus, um, I'm really excited about what they're doing over there at HireBus. I've been talking to Dan a lot over there um, here recently. You're going to start hearing more about that uh, from us. Uh, Dan's going to be on the podcast here in January at some point uh, to talk about recruiting and just, you know, probably... We'll talk a little bit about what they do. I love it. He hits it from a value add perspective for you guys. Um, but whether you, you know, just have something in place to identify, you know, where all your applicants are at a way to track everybody. Um, but the biggest thing for me is it's again, kind of four step process here. Number one, they submit an application, right? Whether they go to your website, whether they submit it on indeed, whether they submit it through, you know, some platform, right? There's an application. Hey, I want to work for you. Right. The next best thing you can do is have some sort of a screening tool in place, something that's going to take them 20 to 30 minutes to weed out the people that aren't serious about it. And so previously we've used a lot of, uh, we have access to a free disc assessment, again, 20, 30 minutes. I think it's great because if you do hire them, you get some insights on how to coach and lead them. I think it's great, right? Um, but with what HireBus is doing, that's kind of the next recommendation we're making for a lot of people. Their assessment is fantastic. Um, they have a way to track, again, all the applicants, certain things. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing over there. Again, more to come on that. But have some sort of a tool that basically says like, hey, as part of the next step in the interview process, we have this free, you know, disc assessment, whatever you're going to use, personality assessment that we require all applicants to take um, in order to move forward in the next step. Like, please take this forward as your results or have them sent to us. And then we'll contact you for uh, the next stage. Right. Um, this is going to weed out. I'm going to say probably 80 to 90 percent of people. And that's OK. That's what it's designed to do. Right. Because the last thing you want to do is you want to put a job ad out. Let's just call it on Indeed. You get 100 people apply over two weeks. Do you truthfully probably have time to go through and call 100 people and waste your time on 80 to 90 of them? Absolutely not. Right. Why not just get that out in the open? Secondly, if somebody's not willing to do something, that means one, they're not serious about working for your company. Maybe they accidentally clicked apply or two, you're going to find out long term like they weren't the right fit. Right. So why not just get that out of the way up front? Um, third step in the process, you should have a phone screen with them 15, 20 minutes, talk to them. Do they, can they have a good conversation? Do they kind of sound like what you're looking for? And then the last step is that in-person interview from there. So have a structure, have a system, have a process that you follow every time, no questions asked, anything like that. Even if, you know, you're at a restaurant, you're talking to somebody, you know, have a conversation. Hey, do you like what you're doing here? 
great. Um, you know, hey, I would really love to come chat with you. Hey, awesome. Um, shoot me an email and then I'm going to forward you over our personality assessment. We require all applicants to take. Like it doesn't change for anybody. Um, I'd almost even argue even if your brother-in-law wants to work for you, still run through the process, right? Um, so number one, have a good structured systematized application and interview process back to back. Number two, this is one of my favorite things that I think will change the game for 98% of the people listening to this if you apply it. Having an apprenticeship pathway in place for all of your new people and your existing employees. You should have the ability for your employees to promote themselves, write their own paychecks based on their competencies and their metrics, not just tenure and experience. An apprenticeship pathway really just lays out the steps for them to go from a brand new green painter or wherever they come into your organization at all the way to a crew leader and beyond what the pay raises are along there, the expectations of what they need to do at each of these levels, the competencies and the metrics at each level to go again from point A to point B. What we found is over time, most people think that a painter is just what they're going to do for their size. Oh, I'm getting to get paid $18 an hour. I'm going to show up every day. I'm going to paint. I'm going to do this. What this apprenticeship pathway does is it says, hey, you, you may start out at $15, $16 an hour or whatever you decide for your market, but it your speed, <laughs> you can become a crew leader making $25 an hour plus profit bonus, press, whatever. And then, oh, by the way, if you want to move beyond that, you know, eventually we're going to need project managers, estimators other overhead positions, right? When you can cast that vision, but then you've got it filled in to say, hey, here's how you go from here to there. It takes all the conversation points out of it, right? And I'm gonna tie this in here a little bit uh, in the fourth point today. But for me, when somebody says, hey, um, can I get a raise? Like it's, this avoids that question, right? You know what you need to do to earn a raise. So go prove to me you're doing that consistently and then you'll get a raise, right? When you can work your way from a apprentice up to senior apprentice, up to painter one, painter two, crew lead, I have it broken down into five steps. Um, obviously some people do three, some people, I wouldn't go probably too much more than that. You could probably maybe squeeze one or two more in there. But when you can say like, hey, here's the path, right? Here's the pay raises at each of these steps. At each of these steps, here's what I need you to do. Right. When you are a, you know, painter one, you should be able to independently do portions of projects on your own flawlessly without any oversight and on budget. That's the expectation. I think that's how I have it listed out. I'm flying off the seat of my pants here on, on some of those details, but you understand what I'm saying, right? Hey, as a apprentice, you should be able to paint a bedroom, two coats on your own, start to finish from the moment you walk into the moment you walk out, spackling, moving stuff, drop cloths, everything in six hours. And then at senior apprentice, that should be five and a half hours. And at painter one, that should be, you know, five hours or probably four and a half hours, right? And then, you know, painter two, four, like you, you can start continuing to put some metrics on stuff, right? And you can see where they're at. You should have those um, kind of conversations with them to set those expectations of how they move along in each of those steps. And so I think when you do that, for me, I always tell our clients to create two documents. Number one, you have a very nice branded professional graphic visual representation that you use for recruiting that just shows the three or five levels and what the pay, you know, rates are at those levels, right? You use that for recruiting to grab their attention. And then you also have an internal one with everything I just mentioned, right? The metrics, the competencies, the expectations at each of those levels that you use internally once they get hired to say, hey, here's the path, right? 
Um, here's everything you need to do at each of these levels. And when you can get to the last one, you'll make $25 an hour. You'll be a crew leader. You'll oversee two painters. And here's everything we expect you to do with that. Uh, and then we did an episode earlier this year. <laughs> I don't just keep doing things in, in fives, but uh, the five levels of a crew leader, right? So you made it to crew leader. You're probably going to start at level one. Uh, but, you know, how can we grow from a level one to level two? Again, you could have three there, make it applicable to you. Um, but there's opportunities, right? And you, and you can continue to go beyond that. So have an apprenticeship pathway, both for the recruiting side of it, to get their attention, to understand the bigger vision, and then also have the internal one to measure their progress and, and help them along the way. Number three, you should have an onboarding process and a training plan in place on what their first day looks like in your company, you know, all the way through, I say day five at least, right? That first week and then kind of what the plan is beyond that. Um, this should be who's going to train them, where are you going to train them, what are you going to cover, um, what does each of these days look like, right? Who's responsible for things? Uh, this is a question I get a lot. Who should be training my new people? You. Until you have an exact... <laughs> you know, clone of yourself that can teach people, at least even the hands-on business side of it. I always think the first day or first half a day, again, obviously as, as business grows, things change, should be with probably you, the owner, right? Um, you know, to get a good understanding of the company, the core values, the vision, the, you know, all the things behind it, how you guys do things, why you do things, where the company's going. But everything else, until you have that right person that can teach them everything else, it needs to be probably you, right? Um, not just, Hey, go work with Billy Bob and he's going to show you what to do. Like, can Billy Bob actually train them on your SOPs and how you want to do things? Because it, otherwise it ends up just being the telephone game, right? You train painter one. And then, you know, as you grow, then painter one trains painter two down the road and painter two trains painter three. And then all of a sudden by painter eight, you're not even doing things the way you want them done. Right. So it kind of needs to be you for a, a little bit of time. But either way, you should have a structured onboarding and training plan. What does that first week look like? What are you going to cover? Right. Have this set up to be kind of a newer person. And then again, insert experienced people in there. Maybe it cuts it down from five days to two days. Right. Uh, you can kind of, you know, go with that once that's, those situations come up. But have it written out. Who's going to train them? Where are you going to train them? What are you going to cover each day? You know, half days hours, couple hours out, you know, how are you going to integrate the PCA painter training videos, like all the different tools and resources you have, how are you going to train these people? Um, cause again, when they come in and their first week is a good onboarding structured <laughs> training process, whether they're brand new or they have some experience, it sets the tone for the company, right? It's not, Hey, go work with Billy Bob. He's going to show you what we do. And Billy Bob's like, I don't really even know what we do. And Billy Joe trained me and he didn't know what he was doing. So like, that's not a good training program, right? So have a good process in place to train people. The last and fourth one, you should also have structured reviews with metrics that you should do on a regular basis. So for us, for new employees, we recommend doing this, I, I say seven days, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and then quarterly after that. And you should be doing this quarterly with all of your employees, in my opinion. Um, I say seven days, typically I do at the end of the, like if they start on Monday, I do it on Friday, you know, afternoon or lunchtime or something, um, or worst case Monday, first thing. But you should have times that are dedicated to having reviews with your new people. And then again, with all people. Um, the reason behind this is I want to give, I want time dedicated for constructive criticism to them. This was something I had to do for myself because I sucked at this just day to day wise, right? Because I'd be like, man, I really need to talk to them about this. They're doing this wrong. They're this, they're whatever, right? 
Um, and I'd be like, okay, I'll talk to him Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon gets there and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to like wreck their weekend, right? Or I don't want them steaming over this all weekend. Well, I'll talk to him first thing Monday morning. Well, then first thing Monday morning, I'm getting job sites going. I'm going to do estimates like that doesn't work, right? And the next thing I know, it's been two months and I'm still steaming over the same issue. So for me, again, this was kind of born out of my personality and, and being conflict adverse. I needed structured reviews, right? Um, truthfully, I had this conversation uh, with, with Nigel, the director of PCA last week, like, and I know I'm seeing more and more people in the PCA industry doing the family meetings. Uh, I see you, Jason Paris and Brad Ellison um, on social media. Like Christina and I have gotten in and out of the habit over time. So we're getting back in the habit now with having both boys of like having just a Sunday night, like we sit down for 30 minutes to an hour and just what's going on this week. What's like, and that's kind of our time to just, Hey, this has been bothering me, like get stuff off of our chest. Right. Um, cause I'm not good. Neither of us are good in the moment with those things, or if we are, it's not a good moment. Right. And I don't want that to be you on your job site with your employees. So all that to say, you should have reviews on a regular basis, dedicated times for this. This should include evaluation and performance. So you should go through some of their metrics. How are they doing? What are they struggling with? Soft skills, hard skills, customer service, you know, all those things. Right. For me, the real magic behind this is these last two points. Number one, Oh, it opens up two-way communication. I want to like give them some feedback, but I also want their feedback about me and our company. You have to be willing to get vulnerable with this for this to really benefit you. And what do I mean by that is you're going to go through some stuff, right? And it's a lot easier to tell them what they're doing wrong when you give them time to point out what you're doing wrong. And you got to take it and you got to not get like hard-headed. Like your way is not always the best way, believe it or not. But we have to be willing to understand that. And when you start doing this repetitively, right, in, in, in our internal stuff we have for some of our clients, we kind of have what these reviews go, the questions that get asked, the, the things to discuss. And at the end of it, it's what can we do to better support you? What are some things that we could do differently to maybe help you succeed at your job more, right? What are some things I can do better as a leader or you're looking for in a company as we grow? Like what just opening up to get some feedback from them on how we can make this a bigger win-win relationship. And in doing that, it's going to make them more open down the road with things, right? Think back to a time maybe you had a boss that like you couldn't talk to about anything. That's not good. That's not good for the company. That's not good for you as a employee or a human being. It's not good for like, it's just not good all around, right? So I want to establish like, hey, we're in this together. Um, we just hired a, a new advisor full-time here about six weeks ago. And literally one of the first things I said to him either during the interview or whenever like we started onboarding, it was, I was like, Hey, by the way, I'm not married to a single thing here. Like if you find better ways that we can do things or do things differently, that's better for our clients or our company, please tell me like, this isn't Chris's way is the best way. Right. And I, I believe that even when I had my painting company, I always said that. Right. So we want to open up that two way communication. This was how at one of my meetings with Trent, my crew lead project manager, um, early on in, in our elite painting days, I was like, Hey man, okay, what can I do to make your life easier? Right. He ran pretty much 98% of our production. I did all the marketing sales, running the business. He handled making sure painting jobs got completed. Right. Like, what can I do to be, make things better for you? He's like, honestly, man, if you could take better notes, like a little bit more thorough, detailed notes at your estimates, I'd have less questions for you. And we would probably like forget less things, right? So like, oh, hey, we need a pivot tool on a 24 foot ladder, right? Or just little things like that. And I was like, done, right? So like next day I go to start doing estimates and I just take a little extra notes on it, additional equipment needed, problem areas, uh, exactly where we're stopping at, right? You're painting that stairwell going down to the basement and like, okay, where do we cut the wall off at, right? Like all those little things. 
And guess what? It was super helpful for him. Cut down on a lot of questions back at me, saved us a lot of back and forth running around to get supplies or things that we forgot that was outside of our normal, just daily crew kit. I was like, man, that was awesome. All because I was willing to ask him like, what can I do to make your life easier as you're doing these paint jobs for our customers? So all that to say, um, the other piece of the reviews, the, the big magic for this, and this is where it ties back into the apprenticeship pathway I mentioned a second ago. I want to focus my time at this review on coaching them up the apprenticeship pathway. How can I help them grow along the way, right? Because I look at it like this. Every situation in business has to be a win-win for both parties. This also works for your employees too, right? It's got to be a win for them. It's got to be a win for you. Everything you do, their employment with you, it's got to work for both parties or things don't work, right? So with that being said, the apprenticeship pathway makes it a win-win for both of you guys. If you can coach them up from a apprentice to senior apprentice to painter one, painter two, crew lead, it's going to be a win for you because you're growing your employees, you're growing their skill set, you're growing their efficiency. Now you have more leaders and it's a win for them because they're making more money. Nobody loses, right? It's not like you're coaching them up this path, but you're not paying them more money. You're not doing more for them, right? You're coaching them up so that they can make more money. But guess what? You as a business owner make more money too. It's a win-win for both parties. And so I always bring that apprenticeship pathway. Here's where you are right now. Here's what I would like for you. Let's set some goals for the next 90 days before we sit down at our next review. Maybe I'll check in once a month with you for a few minutes on a job site. Here's where I want you to be at. Let's lay out a plan. All right, it currently takes you five and a half hours to paint a bedroom, right? Can we get that down to five hours in 60 days? And then consistently for that entire last month after that, right? Let's set some goals. Let's work through this, right? And then the first thing we do at the next review, revisit the last 90 days goals, right? Updates, where are we at? And you'll start seeing if employees are stuck at a spot for six months, nine months, they're not probably like the ideal employee. Are they still an asset to your company? Yes, you just have to know what you have in them, right? I view everybody as the potential to have to be a crew leader if they want to get there responsibility-wise. And I let them tell me or show me over time that like, yeah, that's not a position for them, right? And so by just having some good systems, having some things in place, this is how you can do a better job uh, of getting the right people in the door, keeping the right people in the company, and then obviously setting the company up for success long-term. And so I hope that was helpful. I covered probably about an hour talk at our Sherwin-Williams events and like 20 minutes here today with you guys. Um, So there's a lot more that I could talk about, but again, I wanna keep these episodes short. I wanna keep it um, on a high level. So if you can implement those four things, I think that'll change the game for your business on the HR side of it. Uh, and who you have having the right people in your company down the road. And so we're going to wrap up the year, which is so crazy to say, we're going to wrap up the year. We're going to wrap up this five-part series next week, all about operations. What are the things you need to have on the day-to-day operations of the business, right? We've covered finances, we've covered marketing, we've covered estimating and sales, and now we've covered recruiting. What are the four things? I think we have four things on that one too. I think we just went with four all across the board in each episode. What are the four things that you need to have in place for the day-to-day operations of the running of your business to help your business succeed at a professional systemized level? And so I hope you have a merry, merry Christmas and listen to this. I hope you enjoy some time with your family, with friends, with loved ones. Enjoy the holiday season. If you haven't done the fun stuff with the kids yet, make it a priority this week um, You know, before it's too late and have a wonderful Christmas season. I appreciate you guys and we'll catch you next week to wrap up the year. 
Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you have questions from today's episode or would like more information on how we help our clients, visit us online at www.elitebusinessadvising.com to schedule a free business analysis meeting. If you're a painting contractor, be sure and check out our Elite Business Academy on there too. We have a systematized program designed to help you treat your business like a business. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you automatically get the newest episode every Tuesday morning. And lastly, my ask of you is if you found that our podcast to be beneficial, we'd love to hear from you by giving us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're listening on. This will organically help us reach other business owners all over North America to help them in their business. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day.